Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Sideline Sketch. And I'm joined by the person from Newcastle. Am I right, Nathan? You are right. That is the place for which my home stands. Stands strong? I hope so. I pay a lot of money for it, so I hope it stands strong. I hope so, too. Anyways, how are you? I'm good, thank you, man. How are you? I am doing fantastic for a reason that I think people would know if they know which team I support. And if they don't, they'll find out by the end. So what we're going to discuss is the UEFA Champions League, which this season has been so long because of COVID that when I was going through the group stage games, I was like, PSG face Real Madrid. I had no recollection of that. No, I don't, I don't either. I couldn't tell you who won those. I would guess PSG 1-1 and then Real Madrid 1-1. Uh, you're close. PSG 1-1 and then they drew. Okay, that's that's great. Good for them. Good for them, but guess what? They didn't win at the end. So, yeah, it was quite the season when you talk about the Champions League. What would be your summation in a way? Like, what do you think is the main thing that you think about when you look back at the season of the Champions League? Uh, I think there was. I think for the Champions League, there was a lot of big matchups that didn't produce great matches. Uh, right. Would be one thing from the Champions League. Uh, I think everyone's. If you're going to remember three things from it, you're going to remember Barcelona collapsing even worse than usual mm-hmm. uh, you're going to remember Bayern obviously winning and then you're going to remember it as the one where there wasn't any fans but it's been a it's been a good a decent Champions League I think campaign it's been damn long it's been damn long that's true uh, and yeah other than, other than that congratulations to Bayern congratulations to Bayern indeed so let's talk about the group stages because we saw Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid qualify in their group, which was going to be the evident result anyways. But then that's the thing. that they, I think they won both games without Neymar on the side. And I think when the season started, there was a bit of tension with Neymar because he wanted to leave. And then that didn't go through. So he was still fitting in with the team. And then he's been injured so, so many times. He's just missed games so many times. But still, they were able to dispatch off Real Madrid, who had Eden Hazard playing for them. So it's just fascinating to, to see that Real Madrid has come leaps and bounds from there, don't you think? Yeah, they started off pretty poorly this season, really. They had a lot of new signings who then were missing through injury. Hazard being one, he obviously came in and then straight away. Well, did he broke he break his leg or something like that? Yeah, so, something of that sort. It was a bad injury. Yeah, something, something fucking stupid. And then, uh, <laughs> so then he didn't really play this season. Uh, even he went on record to say this is the worst season of his career. Which, if you look back, he's not wrong because this is the first season where he hasn't played a lot of games. Usually, he plays thirty to forty, sometimes even more than fifty games, and he's done that consistently uh, from even before he joined Chelsea. Uh, so it has been a bad one for him. But they just yeah. they just weren't really clicking, and they had to go back to what they knew, which was Modric, uh, Tony Cruz, and Casemiro in midfield. Yeah, which then kind of seemed to stabilise them a bit. Benzema just 
scores endlessly no matter what and they had to rely on Sergio Ramos which is we saw in the Champions League later when they faced Man City when they don't have Sergio Ramos this step down defensively is massive mm-hmm. yeah. but good so, for yeah. PSG though I think PSG had a good had a great Champions League but Definitely. I know Neymar was missing for quite a lot of time but when he was there although he wasn't scoring he was still dragging the team through uh, they okay. came a little bit unstuck at the end, but they got damn close. And so they just need to improve in their midfield for me, and then they'll they'll probably potentially be back next season. Potentially depends on how they react to the loss and how they and what players they sign at the end of the day, because this side does need a lot of improvement. Um, but yeah, they have a good core in them, and. Yeah, but when it comes to Real Madrid, I think we can just discuss their run because when they when they started off, as you said, they were shaky. The injuries they signed didn't pan out. But then when I'm talking to uh, to fans of Real Madrid, the first thing they mention is Hazard has even when Hazard has played, he's been quite inconsequential and just disappears. But that makes sense because he's just coming off injury, and obviously it's quite it's not. Like it's it's quite a downer on your season and on your entire ability to play and your confidence because if you've been playing for so long and on such a high level and then you make such a blockbuster move, I think the fact that it doesn't pan out must play on a psyche as well. And it's tough to fit in a team like Real Madrid because when they pay $100 million plus on you, they expect you to deliver instantly. And when you have those injuries and when you're not playing well, I don't I think your time runs out way quicker than it does for any other side, I'd say. So, I don't know what he does. Do you think he has a place in the team in the future? Hazard, yeah, definitely. I think he deserves that second that second season. We need to see him playing without injuries because if anyone's ever uh, broken a bone, even after it heals, it still feels weak for quite a while, even even when it's not. Whether that's psychological or physical, I don't know. Uh, but you're still going to be a bit wary. So he's not had a time to really settle in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to he's going to get that second season. They need to get him coming in from the left, and that's where he could be most devastating. The only thing with Hazard is he's incredibly creative, and he showed that for Chelsea. But he's not a massive goal scorer. True. Like he, he's never in his career he'll he'll set you up a ton of goals every season, but he's not going to. Real Madrid fans need to, need to probably realise that unless kind of something miraculous happens, he's not going to be getting them 20, 25 goals a season because that's not his game. That wasn't uh, expected of him, would you say? I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, but like, if all they have to do is look at his track record and see, OK, yeah, he's going to create a ton of chances. He's going to get a load of assists, but he's not going to be scoring a ton of goals. So I think they probably just need a little bit of a refresh and attack Part of that is the obvious is the obvious Gareth Bale issue, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how much money they're going to have this summer to spend because of everything that's happened. Everyone is skin, uh, mm-hmm. so we we shall see. But I think for for Real Madrid, they just got to get Gareth Bale off the books. Uh, they need to sort out whatever happened. He's obviously probably not going to be able to go to China even though he had that deal on the table and ready to sign last season, he's probably not going to be able to go this season. But he, but he would have been fucked anyways because of the whole, their bubble collapsing in China. 
Yeah, but I mean, he would have signed before the wage cap, so his contract would have had to be honoured. But he's not obviously not going to be able to go now. So we we shall see. We shall see. But they've got it. Unless he goes off the books, I can't see them refreshing an attack because I just don't think they'll be able to afford it this summer. The Carabao situation is weird because obviously you can't blame him for not wanting to take a pay cut because that's the contract he's been offered. And I don't think Zidane fancies him. I think he I think he is a good player even to this day. Because whenever he's played, he's not been too bad. I think he's in the in the appearances he's made, he's not been too bad. And there comes a point where you have to think about what you're doing in your career. But I don't think do you think he actually cares about where his career goes at this point? No, I think he's done everything. Like he's won La Liga, he's won the Champions League three times now, three or four times, and he he's he's kind of won everything. So unless he wants to carry on playing, I think what will happen is Real Madrid are going to have to end up doing that deal where they sell him, but they're going to have to pay some of his wages because he's on 600k a week, and no one's That's mental. Like. A no, no disrespect to Gareth Bale, but no one else is going to give him 600k a week now at this stage of his career. If he was 25, then maybe, but he's not, and he doesn't play a whole lot for Madrid. So they're probably going to have to do something where they still pay half his wages. Because uh, there's rumors. Contract to give him. Right. There's the obvious rumors of him going back to Spurs, right. uh, which I can see with Jose being there. They're going to Spurs are going to have to back him otherwise he's just going to walk away mm-hmm. uh so if the, if that could happen and but real madrid they're gonna to have to pay a chunk of those wages if if he's not going to take a pay cut because you say he signed the contract but i don't know how motivated gareth bell is whenever he plays for wales he looks incredibly motivated i mean i'm gonna make sense real madrid is such an institutional place that it kind of kills that motivation unless you're backed by the players and and he himself has said that he would expect the fans of Real Madrid to back him but it's yeah. the other way around so it, it, yeah the fans sometimes for Real Madrid the fans don't do themselves any favors like they trashed his car at one point after he didn't yeah. play particularly well he then scores in uh well one goal everyone remembers is from his debut season in the Clasico when he he sprinted half the pitch and then Mark Bartra t- yeah, sent it to the shops. Yeah, and took took it around the goalie and won him the game. He scored a bicycle kick in a Champions League final. He scored all the goals that you could want from a player, but for some reason they don't like him. Uh, and it, it is odd, but if that happens all the time, then yeah, you probably are going to check out a little bit. You're going to be like, well, fuck these guys. I've done everything they've asked me. I've won them all the trophies under the sun. Um, and it's because he's not Ronaldo, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Man, I, it sucks for him, but I guess that's how... I think he hasn't done himself any favours again with not really assimilating with the culture and being quite distant from it. And then... I, yeah, it's, I think, it's I'm not sure how true that is because people always say that on Twitter that he doesn't speak that much Spanish. But then Peter Crouch has said on his podcast once that Gareth Bale is fluent in Spanish. Is he? That's what Peter Crouch said. He said he speaks way more Spanish than people know, and it's because they want to push a narrative. But he said oh. that Gareth Bale's pretty much fluent. 
He said the same thing about David Beckham as well. He said David Beckham is fluent in Spanish, apparently. Wow, okay, so that's interesting. So that's like basically a narrative that so many of these... And he plays plays loads of golf. Spanish people love golf. (laughs) Yeah. But then, again, they they qualified through the group stages, Real Madrid. They went on to face Manchester City. The first game was... Like just was on a knife edge, could go either way. City took the chances, got two goals, two to one, with Ramos getting sent off. So that was a big blow to their team. And then after the pandemic break, the after the restart basically, Manchester City faced them again and this time Varan cost them. But Again, you can't say that Varane was completely to blame. Maybe he was. But the fact is that City were dominating that game anyways. And they were really they were fluent in that game. They were playing superbly well. But then, yeah, those two mistakes by, by Varane cost, them, uh, cost Real Madrid and sent them packing. That was probably the first knockout loss for Zidane? Yeah, it was. And... I think Varane was massively at fault. It was a big chance yeah. for him to step up. Out, He's out of Sergio Ramos's shadow a little bit. It's a big Champions League game. He's the general at the back. And he completely folded. Mm. Uh, it was two huge mistakes. I don't think he was helped by a Militao next to him who looked like lost. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. Like he, he probably did his yeah. shoes on the wrong feet. He was just in the wrong position the entire wow. game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, they look useless at the back. But one thing you've got to do, if you're not having a great game at the back, there's a very simple thing you can do, which is stop playing out from the back. But they um, insisted yeah. on it and it just, City didn't have to do anything. Like they jumped on the two opportunities that they got for, for goals. And then, like, Benzema got one back. But it, the game was done because Madrid would not stop playing out from the back. And they didn't. They weren't good enough. They didn't have good enough players on the ball defensively to do that. And, yeah, and they right. But in midfield as well, I think Modric, Casemiro and uh, Cruz had an awful game. Yeah, the team just wasn't playing well, to be fair. And as you said, when it comes to the defense, Varane at this point should be stepping up. I mean, Ramos is not going to be in in that team for too long. He has done his best. And the fact that you were being touted to be the next Real Madrid defender who will take the reins, and it's been this long and you've still not been and you've still not done it. And the fact that in the most important game of the season from at that point. Uh, and you just capitulate so bad against City. I mean, he still has a long way to go, and mm. it's tough because by this point, I think Ramos and Varane have spent quite quite a lot of time together. So at this point, I think he should be ready, but I don't think he is. Yeah, I completely agree. And some defenders, just not every defender is going to be a ball-playing centre-half. Um, yeah. As much as I think Pep Guardiola has just turned his podcast off, he's thrown <laughs> his phone across the room, like. <laughs> but they're not, and he is a good defender outside of that sense. But he's not—he's not, he's not going to play out from the back. He's not going to be that player for you. So just ask him to defend. But 
it's not just Real Madrid. There's so many sides at the moment that just insist on playing out from the back. Barcelona against Bayern, they kept on doing that. Yeah, and for some reason, it's the only game that a lot of those players know uh, because that's all they're taught to do. But surely if you see, oh, we're getting closed down, we're getting pressed unbelievably, we're not passing the ball accurately enough, let's stop playing out from the back and just start getting it up to the top and get something to happen. But uh, again, maybe maybe they don't trust Benzema to hold the ball up. Yeah, maybe that's the other thing, because then you need players up top who are going to hold the ball up for you. So the whole team was just a little bit unbalanced. But in in the league outside of Champions League, I thought they were great. Yeah. Uh, so it was one bad night, but it does show how important Sergio Ramos is, who is still is still an absolute animal of a player. Uh, he's been Definitely. showing his preseason stuff. He's been posting on Instagram of him doing like hill sprints. Uh, yeah. he's in unbelievable shape and um so they're gonna have him for another, they're gonna have him for another season or two yeah definitely but they maybe maybe it's time to cash in on Varane depending what happens next season and get someone in if they want to play out from the back get someone in who can do that I think the, a discussion that I had yesterday with Reese and Carl uh, was I think the next defender that would really help so many teams in a couple of years would be someone like Delict, because he has those leadership qualities. And yes, he's had a, a shaky season at Juventus, but I think in a couple of years when he when he develops in that team, he would be such a commodity because so many teams need that leader in the back line, like very soon. Yeah, they do uh, leadership. Qualities are hard to come by these days. Yeah, uh, it seems you don't have those huge personalities everywhere in the game anymore. Like you had used to have them in the Premier League all over the place. You'd have Roy Keane, you'd have Patrick Vieira, uh, you'd have all those guys, but they don't seem to exist as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So Delict and certainly Sergio Ramos uh, kind of show that it's still about in places. Yeah. So, but yeah, Real Madrid, they do need a commander at the back and hopefully it was just one bad night for Varane uh, Varane and he's gonna kind of come back from this uh, a better player but as you say he's he's kind of running out of time to show that he's Real Madrid quality very true but yeah they had a good they had a good season with a couple off nights which kind of puts it in a negative light but yeah good on Real Madrid and we'll talk about PSG later because that's a bigger discussion on the end. Um, let's talk about City and their group, which was Manchester City, Atlanta, Shakhtar, and Dinamo Zagreb. City were going to qualify anyways. I think most people knew that. They had four wins, two draws, no losses. But then Atlanta was the team that surprised people because they obviously had that rough patch where didn't they lose the first three games? I think they lost the first Something three games. Like that, yeah. And then they just won two and drew against City to qualify. And what a run Atalanta have had this season when it came when it comes to uh, even in the knockout stages. Because then they were able to I mean I mean, would you say Atalanta were how would you read Atalanta this season? I think they did well. I think they maximized what they had and did about as well as they could have. Right. Uh, I think they came a little bit unstuck after kind of the COVID situation without the fans there to 
to back them. But they had a hell of a season. Hopefully they can kind of come back. They don't go the way of Ajax did. Uh, who obviously put on a great run and lost a couple of players and then fell to bits in the Champions League. I don't even think they made it out of the group. They did not. And uh, so hopefully they can hang on to some of those important players and put another good run together. But they, yeah, they came a little bit unstuck in the end. They kind of lost that attacking flow that they have. But yeah, I think they did find their style, which is quite crucial to them. And considering where they were a few seasons ago like they were battling relegation and now being able to find their voice in on such a you know on such a high level and then being able to compete in the european stages qualify for the knockout stages beat valencia who are going through so much trouble at the moment as you've told me and yeah i think the fact that they were able to make it through to the quarterfinals against well, uh, like you know, future run- run- runners-up. So that just shows that they had a good season. Again, they lost um, Ilicic near the end. Ilicic did score four goals in in that game against Valencia, and there is potential for that team to do well. I, and I, but I think the team is aging as well. And they are uh, uh, Papu Gomez, uh, um, Ilicic, and then there is that bit of a. How will this team do when they lose two of their main attacking threats? And I think that's something that we'll have to see. But a good performance by them for this season. They've surprised everyone. It's more its more of a rags to riches story. Not even riches, but they, they came from nothing. And to win, uh, to, to, to even do so well is impressive on them. And, yeah. So... Yeah, Good, yeah. good for them. You said they've got to keep that core, but there are some aging players in there, like like Gomez in midfield. Then uh, they've got to try and keep that attack, uh, that attack kind of going. I said so. They're probably going to have to replace some players, uh, get some more pace in the side. Hopefully, they keep other players like uh, was it Zapata as well up top. He was just uh, not good against uh, PSG. No, so they lost their way a little bit. Um, maybe it was kind of being under the lights against kind of PSG with no fans. That's got to be a weird experience for you. Yeah. Uh, so good on it. Hopefully they put another run together sure. and hopefully they push kind of even further up the league as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that'd be tough, but yeah, good on them. To be fair, considering how the teams stepped up in Serie A this season, the fact that they were even able to compete even this season is impressive. And then we come down to City, who I think there's a d- decent discussion to have about them because they beat Real Madrid. Hand- not, uh, would, you, would you say handily? I think they did beat them. Uh, I think it was. Con- I think they just did what they had to do, which is they jumped onto horrible mistakes from Varane, and then they kind of saw they would dominate in the midfield. Yeah. They couldn't get anything really going attack-wise, Madrid, other than getting it out wide and hoping Benzema gets on the end of something. Yeah. And they, yeah, they look solid. But as you're about to say, it was a very different story in the next round. Indeed, because then they faced Lyon, who many expected would be quite the walkover for Manchester City. And it turned out to not be the way that people thought it would go. Because Lyon got the goal. Uh, was it Cornet who scored that goal? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Cornet. That was a beautiful goal as well. And 
again, City were pressing high, and they got caught out. They conceded, and then the next half was the same. Was the same. Was the same thing that they just kept going, kept going. They finally got the breakthrough through uh, Kevin De Bruyne, and that, that that was the hope. I thought that would be where the game turns because the team like Lyon would just capitulate at that point. That, that's what was expected at that point. The ones. City finally gets that breakthrough that now they will get back into their own uh, form. But then that didn't happen. It was Lyon getting that goal, which was a bit ropey. But yeah, I think that was a fair goal on their part. Then came that incredible chance for Raheem Sterling, who just completely made a mess of it. And the play starts again, goes on the other way, and Lyon score again. And that was the end of that game 3-1 to Leo and all the tinkering that Pep Guardiola did in that game ended up costing them yeah it's it's a real pattern with Pep at times uh, when he comes up against these games that look like they should win it's usually a big Champions League game or like a big FA Cup game or something like that and for some reason he decides to tinker with a winning formula yeah. So he had he had Kevin De Bruyne stuck out wide for this game for some reason. You got the best kind of overall midfielder in the world, arguably, and you can argue that to, to death if you want to, but he's certainly one of the best. He's in that discussion. Definitely. And then you you stick him out wide. <laughs> and no, you expect it when he should be in the middle of the park, uh, spraying the ball around, creating chances, making those runs like uh, Kevin De Bruyne does week in, week out, uh, and you ask him to do the same job, but only on one side, and Gundogan isn't as creative, he's not as he's not as good a midfielder as Kevin De Bruyne when it comes to attacking wise as well. Fernandinho looked great at the back against Real Madrid, I know he's, uh, he's aging and he's not exactly got the pace, but positionally he's great, so you come up against Leon and you decide, well, let's stick him in midfield for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodri, who does his best work as a defensive midfielder, shielding, shielding the defense. You've you've got him playing on the left of a three, and I I I don't understand why Pep does this every now and then. Like he just decides to. It's almost like he's trying to surprise Leon. Like Leon, <laughs> all the respect in the world to them, they're great, but they don't have the tools to stop Kevin De Bruyne at at ten in full flow they don't have the players to do that so why not just get them to do it and me and you were having a discussion that it we think it comes down to trust that he doesn't trust his yeah. side to just win matches i think that comes from a place of this is just my perspective but from my perspective i think he sees him his own legacy as more important than the task at hand and I think what he kind of he does things, keeping his legacy in mind and how these matches would look on him, and how he would later look on to be the genius if they go on to win because of the tinkering that he did, mm. rather than take a loss on the team on the way the team has already been playing, right? And I think that's that's a situation where the team that, that see by this point of the season you've had an entire Premier League season. You've had a couple of Champions League uh, ties. At this point, you should be ready to have your team just set up 
ready to go. You don't need to tell them anything, right? And I get it that against a team like Lyon, who will most probably sit back and counter you, that is what they're going to do. You know that. You did. You do not need to change a team that much. Because you, on paper, ability-wise, player for player, you are better than Lyon. And that's no offense to Lyon. And the fact that he felt like he had to tinker with the team so much just so that he could have that thing upon him that, yes, he still has the know-how on how to break down those teams just ended up costing him at that point. Yeah, and he played exactly into Leon's hands. Everyone knew yeah. they were going to do that. They were going to sit back. They were going to counter because, duh, of course they were going to. Yeah. So I don't see, like, Depay has had a good season. He looks refreshed at Leon. He's got a new attitude from his time at United and everything like that. Blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> like, you, you, he's not, you're not facing full flight Ronaldo. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be as concerned if you've got players that you trust there. And, like, you've got Laporte at the back as well. You can play Fernandinho there, who, as I say, was great positionally against Real Madrid. Or you could put Garcia there if you really want to. And they should be able to handle that. Like, yeah. But instead, he's he's played three defensive-minded midfielders uh, in his 4-3-3 and then stuck De Bruyne out wide. So it's just, it's weird. It is. It's a weird thing that he, he just played completely into their hands. And he is, because he's Pep Guardiola, he does seem a little bit bulletproof at Man City. Yeah. But I think you've got to look at this season, look at the way that they they folded the league, look at the way they folded in the Champions League to Lyon. Yeah, they won the League Cup, which is, which is great. So it's a trophy. Uh didn't do terribly well in the FA Cup either with that loss to Arsenal. And you kind of look at what happened this season. What like, It's not... They've spent a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money, hundreds of millions on that defence. And they got nothing to show for it. Yeah, it's not, it's not good at all. And I think next season, the team would be less motivated, in my opinion. I think with players like Kevin De Bruyne are clearly frustrated at not winning the big one at this point they, as he's expected as he's expressed is what I wanted to say because that he said that again it's the same result different different day and yeah it just sucks for them that they have spent so much they have they have the personnel to do it but just certain tactical changes and yeah, it just costs them Again. I think the other thing you've got to look at from Man City's point of view is that things have kind of changed now in the last 48 hours because it, it, as we're going to talk about Barcelona in a minute, yeah. Lionel Messi is, is leaving and it's looking like he is going to be on his way to Man City. His dad, who is also his agent, I think, is apparently yeah. in, is in Manchester at the minute talking to City about possibly putting a deal together. Um, so things are going to change um, for them and it's a big roll of the dice but Pep's got to stop just just leave it alone man it, it works it works yeah. so well and this is why they folded in the league so much is that every now and then he would decide oh no this team can't win this game unless I do this and then it, it nine out of ten times it doesn't work yeah 
like both Manchester derbies this season on paper, uh, especially in the first one when I don't think we had Pogba or Bruno and uh, he tinkered with the side and he played right into Ollie's hands with that. Yeah, I think he's just, he, I think he's had trouble facing sides that would just sit back and counter over and over. You look at Wolves, you look at United, you look at Lyon, you look at Norwich, and any side that's like willing to just sit back, take the barrage, and then hit them on the counter, yeah. he just falters. I think the weird thing is, is he loves to play possession-based football. Like he's the tick attacker guy from Barcelona. He knows sides are going to do that because if he's wanting to play with 60, 65% of the ball, they have to counterattack. Because yeah. they only have the ball thirty percent of the time, so yeah. it's not <laughs> like he's for some reason he's turning this into rocket science at times. Like when the easy thing is to set up your back four: Walker, Fernandinho, Laporte, uh, Cancelo, or whoever you're playing at left back that day of the week. Then have Rodri to shield them, and then you can put Gundogan in. You can put De Bruyne at ten, stick Mares at out wide to the right, stick Sterling out wide to the left, and then you got. Jesus at nine if Aguero's injured. Like, it's not... And that side would beat Leon, yeah. like, six out of the seven days of the week. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's not Turns difficult, it Pep. Not the right day. Yeah. yeah for, it's managing, Pep. <laughs> yeah, for 100 grand a week, I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I the mean, other yeah. thing is... Um, so the last thing on City for that game is he clearly also doesn't trust his his bench that much. There's a hell of a lot, of, hell of a lot of quality on that bench that just didn't make it onto the pitch. Like everyone keeps talking about how Foden has to be in the England side at the Euros. We can't. He can't. He's started a few games lately, but he couldn't. Biggest game of the season. City are down, and Pep doesn't turn to him. Bernardo Silva has fallen off a cliff this season. Because and again yeah. he hardly plays. Like Mares had been the guy to play on the right for most of the season and done damn well. He had a great season. Doesn't mm. even start. So odd, so odd. It's so weird, and it kind of tells <laughs> you what he, what he thinks of some of those players. Like at times, but if they get messy, it's going to change everything. Um, yeah. I think some players are going to have to go to make it happen. I think Mares should look for a new pl- new place. Just a new house. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been around there and it's a fucking dump we had. <laughs> yeah, I think you should just look for a new club at this point. <laughs> he started most of the season on the right. It's just for some reason. But when Messi comes in, be... he's not going to get a chance, is he? Well, unless they come up against Leon, then Messi's going to drop to the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Mares will be out or on the right. Zinchenko will start on the right. Yeah. De, De Bruyne will be a wing back. Yeah. Fernandinho in goal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have fun with it. But yeah, um, see, I don't know how City go go about next season unless they sign someone like Messi. I mean, like, it's such an insane conversation to even have. It doesn't make sense that I can't even imagine I'd ever say words that who would sign Messi. I mean, that just doesn't seem real. But yeah, that's where we are at the moment. And. Let's see how City go. Let's see who they sign. And then if they sign Messi, then again, I think they are in for the Champions League. Again, they have to be. They have I think to that, 
it won't be to... it won't be a choice at that point for Pep. Like as we yeah. just said, he's a little bit bulletproof. But if they sign Messi and then he doesn't win the Champions League, yeah. like, <laughs> it's, <all hot. laughs> it, it, it's surely at that point you've got to be talking about well, should he still be at this club? So that was a discussion that we had. And let's have a quick discussion about Lyon as we were talking about them because they were also able to beat Juventus uh, quite decisively. Not quite decisively, but they were able to hold them off in the first leg. And in the second leg, Ronaldo did try and drag his team through to the next round, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, good season for Lyon. They got some outstanding young players. Definitely. who aren't looking like they're going to still be at the club. But, but that's that's that for there. They've also got Raphael, a right-back, club legend. Club legend. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Fabio? Fabio's in nonce, right? What did you just call him? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think so. I don't know where he went. <laughs> He's the one we don't care about. <laughs> that was, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> forgotten about. Uh, in attack, obviously, we've already talked about the pie, but Moussa Dembele, uh, the one who used to play for Celtic, uh, yeah. he is, was coming off the bench and doing doing wonders as the guy up front. Uh, Cornet had a great season. Uh, Awa. Well, Awa. yeah. Got some great stuff. Uh, Awa looks like he's probably going to be leaving now with Arsenal apparently in talks. Really? Arsenal? Come on. That's, oh God, that just pisses me off. Well, I just don't think he gets a game if he goes much higher than Arsenal. Like, he's got a lot of talent, but apparently City are in talks for him, so he's not going to play. I mean, you think he plays for Bayern? No. After Thiago leaves? No, because I think it's going to be uh, Kim and, and Kimmich yeah, yeah, yeah. at DM. So he'd have to come off, to spend the season coming off the bench, or wait for an injury. Which is not too far away when you're a Bayern fan, but yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think he starts. And at this point of his career, what is he? Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two. Mm-hmm. He he's got to be starting games, like if he wants to develop. And I think at Arsenal. He definitely starts. Definitely starts as a jacker. Yeah. Or, but it depends where you get to play him because he can play. Jacker starts over him. He can play centre mid or he can play out wide on the left, can't he? So. Yeah, I think his strength is in the middle because he can create chances up ahead and he can also stay back and cover yes. for the back line. So I think, and I think it's a cheaper option than uh, uh, Party or who else were they in for? Coutinho definitely cheaper than Coutinho. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, they. It's stupid to say because it already looks like it's happening. It's a bit redundant. But they'd need to keep hold of these players to to kind of push on from this, and that's not going to happen. True, so true, true. we already said. I think Depay probably leaves this summer if Sancho goes to United. I think Depay will probably slot in in his role. Uh, Musa Dembele will probably still be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Our and uh, I think Jason Denea has a good chance of stepping up as well yeah. at the back. He's proven to be one that has got away from City again. Never played a game for them, and I think right. he I think he was outstanding in the Champions League. Yeah, he was really good. He was solid for them. And, and Raphael, come home, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you won't play, 
Rafael come back if you <laughs> imagine if Fabio comes back and, and people are like oh Rafael is back I heard you're a nonce <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so let's talk about uh, Tottenham Hotspur no I think I will keep them near the end I've got nothing interesting to say about Tottenham <laughs> I don't remember any of their Champions League matches apart from one <laughs> They're not even in it next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Tottenham, they got destroyed by Bayern in two they games. Did. And then, then Leipzig. Leipzig. <laughs> yeah. uh, they had a lot of injuries. Even if they didn't, they weren't playing very well. Seven that's, that's kind of all I've got to say. Okay. Yeah, in the battle of managers who both weren't liked at that point, Kovac won with ease. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, I, I good on him, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't like Kovac, but yeah, I mean, congratulations on the job. And well, he, he, he gets credit for part of your unbeaten run in the Champions League. Definitely. He won some of those matches. Good on him. Yeah, he gets a winner's medal, probably. I don't know how many matches you have to play to get one. Surely it's three or four, I think. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he should get one. He's Fair just gonna enough. cry over it. Imagine it was one game away. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing to say about Spurs. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, Leipzig. So let's just talk about Leipzig because they did well. Uh, their group was not. Yeah, they did right. Tall. Yeah, because they had Lyon, they had Benfica, and Zenit, so they qualified handily. Timo Werner was on hot form, and again, I think that team is just so solid. They have Sabidza, they have Danny Olmo, Steven Nkunku. Their backline, Dio Upamakano, is so good. Mm. He's so good. Halstenberg, then the Costa. No, why did I say the Costa? Sorry. Uh, I mean Klosterman and Mukiele and Golati is so good. This is such a solid team, and they made easy work of Tottenham. They were able to beat Atletico Madrid, which was uh, this wasn't Atletico Madrid of the team that beat Liverpool. Which is okay. Nah. I forgot that that's a discussion, but uh, yeah, they beat uh, Atletico, who were quite shaky going uh, going ahead. Again, Jao Felix came on from the bench, and I think he played well. I think I, I don't think he was bad, but yeah, that team does just does not strike fear in on any defense. I think it's just so feeble when they go up ahead. That once you're able to break them down, then yeah, you've got it. But yeah, it's tough to get past that defense, but Leipzig were able to do that twice, once to a deflection. Uh, but yeah, and then they went on to face uh, PSG, which was not a good night for them. That was a night where all three, Mbappe, uh, Di Maria, and Neymar just clicked to an extent. Neymar did miss a few chances, but uh, and so did Mbappe. But yeah, they were able to convert three really good chances and score. And that was for Leipzig but with a, such a young squad and such a young manager there's a lot of potential there don't you think yeah they've been able to keep hold of the players and uh, it, it looks like anyway to the point that even Meccano is staying he's signed a new deal anyway so unless they've done that so that they can cash in massively uh, next summer or something like that the as far as the Champions League goes like they do have the chance they do have the squad sorry to hurt some of the bigger sides on their day uh, I'm not sure if they'll be able to put this sort of run it uh, together ag- again especially when fans are back in the arena and everything like that 
yeah. but they took advantage of some sides who weren't clicking, like Atletico Madrid, who are a little bit all over the place at the minute. Uh, yeah. they, I think they, they've lost so many players, and it's it's hard to keep rebuilding a side. Um, but especially when you drop 100 million euros on, on a teenager. And <laughs> yeah. like, Leipzig, though, they just keep hold of this squad. They've got to. It lacks depth, which is always going to be the case with when you've got sides who don't have the massive riches to put a huge quality squad together. But that starting eleven is great. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they can upset some people next season again. Uh, Uber Meccano is a, is a massive keep for them, though. So hopefully he stays beyond next season as well and honors this contract. But part of me thinks he's signed it so that they can cash in cash massively it. next summer. I agree. But he is incredible, man. I, I really won't buy him to get him, but yeah. They won't so good. sell to you, though. I mean, he's from Bundesliga. They, they will. So. I thought the Leipzig... Oh, no, that was Dortmund. He said he wasn't going to sell to Bayern anymore. Never mind. Yeah, um, yeah I think... After, after we Werner, took though, the kind of free. <laughs> they were like, I know he said it like last year at some point. It was like they're not going to sell to Bayern anymore, but oh, well, they'll sell to everyone else. And... Um, Timo Werner, though, I think he needs to he needs to have a little look at himself in the mirror and decide, like, well, my club is still in a Champions League. Yeah, I want to go to Chelsea. That's fine. He's going to do great things at Chelsea. But if they had him up front, some of these matches might have been slightly slightly better for Leipzig, sure. especially PSG. But he's, he's a coward. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, he should have stayed. He didn't. And... I'm pretty sure he's going to be crying and wiping his tears with the huge lot of money. That yeah, so yeah I mean, good, good on him. Hopefully he wipes his tears with money. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool, again, were not reigning champions, were not able to replicate their glory. Atletico played perfectly against them over two legs. Uh, one, they won the first leg 1-0, second leg... Against so many chances, the barrage of chances that Liverpool had, Atletico were able to hold on. The game went to extra time anyways, and that was where Liverpool kind of fell apart. And yeah, not much to say about it, just that yeah, they they just lost to Atletico. Yeah, I don't can't really pretend I can remember the match too well at this point, but I think Morata scored at one point. And, Morata uh, and uh, oh god, what's his name? Suarez, Mario Suarez. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God, I'm just, forgetting. They just, fold, they just folded against Atletico a bit, had a bad night. Atletico, as you say, they were a little bit all over the place, especially against Leipzig. They're just they're so defensively solid at times that that's kind of all they kind of bank their foundations on, is that they're going to get one chance, take it, and then sit back for the rest of the time. And when that doesn't work, there's not really anything else there to worry about. Shao sure. Felix has had a glimpses, like he took the penalty well. Um, but <laughs> good on him. Yeah, which is good. He's, he's a young, he's yeah. young player. He took that penalty well. As, and but he looks a little bit lost at Atletico because they don't play free-flowing attacking football. He looks a little bit out of place. And like other like Sol is a fantastic player. Yeah, and you love uh, him. 
Yeah, I, I, I like him. I think he's a great player. I think I'd like to see him in a more kind of attacking side at some point. And, yeah. But I think they've lost so many quality players in such a short amount of time that it's getting hard to just keep replacing them. Like, o Black is great. I think defensively this is the weakest they've looked for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think Trippier's had a good season, but look, apparently he might be on his way back to the to the Premier League. But I think he's done fine, and he should probably stay. Uh, if they, I think it'd be a bit of a mistake to let him go. Uh, who's that left? Is it Lodi or Lodi? Yeah, Lodi. Yeah, I hate him. He's rubbish. <laughs> uh, he, he, can, he can go. He's no Felipe Luis. Uh, I think Felipe Luis, such a shithouse. Yeah, that's what Atletico Madrid are. Uh, yeah, I think they need a bit of a refresh up top. Like Jao Felix, I think he deserves a chance to be kind of the nine, and they actually get attacking. But I think Diego Costa is needs to go this summer and get replaced. I don't know how much money they've got though, because that's the obvious thing at the minute is you can't say, oh, we need to sign blah 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 because you don't know how much money all these clubs have. But Diego Costa could probably go. Morata, I think, isn't going to be the goal scorer that they want him to be, or anyone wants him to be. Uh, yeah. So he he could go as well and get some of that money. Who are they owned by? Aren't they owned by a Chinese firm now or something? I, that's what I remember. Well, fork over some, some euros. <laughs> yeah, thank God you didn't say something else there. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. Okay, it was uh, Lorente who scored too. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, that that uh, midfielder they signed and then played as a striker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. It's so weird every time you see the lineup and it's four four two with Lorente. <laughs> he really like, He's a fucking midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> How defensive can you get? He's one step <laughs> away from sticking Hector Herrera up front at this point. <laughs> He's rubbish like, as well. <laughs> God. Oh, you have something against the Mexicans. Uh, yeah. Just get Javier Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, teacher. But what's he doing now? Plays for LA Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Is he, is he doing anything there? Or is he just chilling? Uh, no, he's just chilling. No, he's been, he's, been, he's been playing. I don't know if he's been scoring a lot. They didn't. They were meant to... I think they were meant to play last night, but there's all sorts of stuff that's happened in America. Usual yeah. stuff. Yeah. Usual, you know, like it's just such a road. So there were no game, there were no no games yesterday. You can get just write down your top three things you think might have upset someone in America, and it is probably in that list. I, I, we should not be <laughs> so uh, crass towards the issue, but yeah, it is an issue, and it's. Uh, I think again, even the NBA, the matches have been suspended. Yeah, yeah they did. They, they did the right thing. It's kind of a silent protest, um, yeah. but against the obvious which is obviously police brutality so good for them but yeah hernandez is over in la galaxy now yeah it went from i mean hector herrera to that but yeah well you said something about mexicans and then i said yeah. hernandez and you were like what's he up to yeah, I, I followed the conversation mm-hmm. um so yeah okay so now i think we have just a few teams to talk about and i think it will be psg Let's quick fire uh, some and then get to the final. I think it's just uh, PSG, Barcelona, and Bayern. I think that's it. I think we've discussed everything else. Uh, so let's talk about Barcelona first because they're a mess. They're an absolute mess. I think that's the, best way to describe it. that's the best way to describe them. Um, 
in the group stages, they were okay. I mean, yeah, they won the games. It was a tough group, to, to be fair. It was Dor- We didn't talk about Dortmund. Oh, no, we need to mention that. I'm sorry. Dortmund uh, were also pretty good, I'd say. They were able to make out of make out the group of death. They were make it out of that. They were in a group with Barcelona and uh, Inter Milan, and they were able to make it out of that. That's good on them. And they signed Holland, who had, uh, I mean, an incredible group stage run with uh, Salzburg. I, I mean, he made his mark on fo- on the footballing scene. Was signed. He did well in the first game against PSG. Scored twice. Celebrated too much. Called himself the king of Paris. And then got beaten up again by Neymar and co. Yeah. Uh, Dortmund did the kind of their usual thing in the Champions League. Which they look spectacular. Uh, yeah. Against kind of the sides that are probably on their level or a step below. And then they come up against one of the elite ones and they come completely unstuck. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Highland has been a great signing for them. An absolute revelation. He's going to do wonders for them in this short time that he's going to be there. Uh, they obviously had Sancho, <laughs> who was spectacular as well. They look decent-ish at the back. Like they had Hakimi uh, last season as well. He's now obviously gone to Inter Milan. Uh, and... Yeah, but against PSG, they just, first leg, they look great. Second leg, uh, I think the whole side, from memory, they came in, well, Haaland in particular, they came in very arrogant. And yeah. then they drew absolute blanks in that second leg. And they were yeah. anonymous. They just got kind of almost swept aside as much as, I think it was just a 2-0 win for PSG, but as much as a 2-0 win can be kind of a sweeping aside, it, it was... Yeah. It was quite uh, academic. They got a. I w- it's silly to say because Hakimi's already gone, but again, they needed to kind of keep that squad together if they're going to progress. They've got rid of him and made a free signing in Munia, who I don't think is decent defensively. He's going to yeah. offer much less going forward. And I think they need that. I think they need that defensive stability, to be fair. A little bit. Like, I don't think. Munier, he's, he's no, he's no kind of world class right back, but he is defensively solid. So maybe that's the direction they're going in. Personally, I think it's he's defensively solid and he's free. Whereas yeah. Hakimi, and is costing to Milan forty million yeah. euros, which is going to be proved to be an absolute bargain. Definitely. Um, so I don't know why Dortmund didn't go that. The Sancho saga kind of continues to rumble on whether he's going to stay or go i think at this point he's probably going to stay for another season mm-hmm. uh, which is good news Haaland's going to be there for one more season and then we all know he's going to go because that's when his release clause activates yeah and so next season uh i would just you know what control c control v for next season yeah. <laughs> i i don't think they have any ambition to win the the, the bundesliga they yeah, they've so. no ambition to win anything that's sad. I feel I feel bad for them. Well, they've even said that. Publicly, yeah, <laughs> they're they, they that. just play for second, and that's all they. That's what they do. They they are as blatantly run a business as you can get, which is that they sign young players, they sell young players for more money than they signed them for, and he even said they don't think they're going to win the Bundesliga, so they just play for second place. And so, 
I think that's going to be in the Champions League as well next season. They'll get out the group. They'll, uh, if they draw someone like uh, Leon, aren't even going to be in it. But a random side like that, uh, they'll beat them and then they'll come up against like Real Madrid and they'll lose. Potentially, potentially. Um, yeah. And then we need to discuss Barcelona because, oh my God, they're shambolic. Because we were on the discussion earlier and then I interrupted it with Dortmund. But they faced Napoli in the round of 16. Napoli did well, but, I mean, they came unstuck in the second leg against Barcelona. It was a 3-1 win. Messi show again. Messi was just incredible. And then they came and faced Bayern Munich. And I think that was the culmination of everything that's wrong with the club just coming out on that pitch. No vision, no direction, no tactical setup. It's just give it to Messi and pray. The team is not good enough. They're defensively weak. They had no ambition to go and win that game. Messi was throwing a strop at times. And Bayern were ruthless. And they won 8-2. And that was where everything started to unravel for the club. Abidal, was he the sporting director? He was, yeah. He's a director of football, sporting director, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so he's been fired. Like, he's left the club. And then everyone wants Bartomeu to leave, which is now a big uh, kerfuffle going on in uh, at the Camp Nou last night with fans breaking in. And that was just a mess. Messi now has told everyone that he wants to leave. Um yeah, it's a mess. I, it's just I don't think I've seen a club in this much disarray in ages. Not to this extent. Yeah. Say the Spanish fans tend to, as we were talking about, Gareth Bale go overboard in things like this. So we're seeing proper near riots at points in Barcelona outside the Camp Nou. Um, on the pitch against Napoli, they looked they looked okay. They didn't look so too bad. I think what that really was was a Napoli side that has had very poor season uh, coming up against a club that they still have fantastic players in Barcelona and they were just a step above all over the pitch against Bayern the start off with everything looked all right like Bayern got the early goal Barca replied back really quickly uh, to get one back although it was an own goal it's still a goal and then from there it was kind of done Bayern were just stronger everywhere you say Messi was having a strop ironically the one player that I think actually was half decent was Suarez I think he was fine yeah he did his job it's not his fault that everyone else sucked and he's the one who's been told he can leave which is weird uh they had a very strange formation to begin with as everyone saw (laughs) and god changes I was playing cam yeah um Changes were made far, far too late in terms of Setien. He needed, as soon as Bayern started to dominate, it was obvious what needed to happen. He needed to get people straight, um, get like Sergio Roberto was in midfield or something, for, which I know he's done for quite a bit of the season, but he needed to come off. Griezmann needed to come on. They needed to get some energy in there, get Fatty on and players like that. And he left it far, far too late. And Messi gave up. I don't think there's any other two ways about it. He did. And no, it's a shit show. The club is in horrific amount of debt. 
they took out a they've taken out a massive loan. I don't know if that's been agreed, but they were looking at trying to get eight hundred million yeah. into the club. Uh, over the addition, over the already existing about seven hundred, eight hundred million loan that they already had. Yeah, so they're about they're about one point five to two billion in debt at this point. Jesus. Uh, the president said that everyone apart from Griezmann, Messi, Usman, Dembele, uh, yeah, are 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 safe. Everyone else is is up for sale, which is great for other clubs because they know Barcelona need the money. Uh, there'll be some issues with wages with a few of them. Uh, Suarez is off, although Ajax have said that a deal for Suarez is going to be really tough for them because, again, because of the obvious, they don't have the money. Yeah. Like, even though he's free, he's still going to command big wages. And for Ajax, that's a lot to ask, especially uh, in these precarious times financially. Uh, they've got to build the squad around kind of trying to get the best out of Frankie Dion. Uh, they've yeah. not played to his strengths at all because he's gone from being in a relatively strong midfielder, Ajax, to being in, in a very flimsy one that gets changed every 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. I hope this time at Barcelona doesn't reflect too badly on Setien. I think he's a decent manager, but he's walked into a job that is impossible. Agreed. It's it's a, they're in a mess. I mean, let's see how they bounce back and how long it takes for them to bounce back. So, I feel for them. I feel for Messi. He's given so much to the club, and then the club is still holding him hostage in a way. And yeah, there's something about his release clause expired in yeah. June. But yeah. he's as we already said, his dad's trying to work a deal with Manchester City. City are apparently trying to see if they can afford it because he's going to command about eight to nine hundred grand a week which means they might have to send players the other way to Barcelona to kind of make that happen. Which I think is good. If you can send Mares, Bernardo Silva, and they want Eric Garcia as well, if they want to send those three to Barcelona to kind of uh, tip the scales a little bit, that's great for Barcelona. They can build kind of a little team around those three. Or, you know what, do do what you said to me the other day. So you want Messi now? Well, give us Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's, that could be something that happens, and yeah, it should be fascinating to how Barcelona co- come out of the situation because they're in quite a disarray at the moment. Mm. So let's talk about the two teams that reached the finals, and that would be let's talk about PSG first. Who, which group were they even in? I don't even remember. I'm just gonna no, go check. Whichever one at Real. Madrid. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, the Real Madrid, Club Rouge, and Galatasaray. There was going to be no competition there. Swept aside, they made it to the knockouts where they beat a frail Borussia Dortmund after losing the first leg. Then they faced Atalanta, who were again frail because they lost uh, Ilicic, and that team was just not ready for that for that kind of a for that kind of a match, in my opinion. Then they faced Leipzig, who won great. And then they faced Bayern and they lost one now. So, okay, I'm not going to put down their season by putting it like that. But they had an incredible run in the Champions League, making it to the finals for the first time. Um, Good performances. I would say Neymar is not as clinical as he should be on his level. He he's missed so many chances. He he's made quite a few like mistakes in in his decision making. He's an he's incredible with the ball. What he can do with the ball, get getting past. Defensive lines with ease, setting up his teammates. He's one of the best at it. 
But I think after three years now, and without being under Messi's shadow, which is what he wanted to get out of, now comes a point where you have to think on where he goes because they lost to Real Madrid in 2008, 2018, sorry. Then they lost to uh, United in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, last season. Yeah. And then this season they reached the finals, but then again capitulated in their first big match, which is the finals against one of the best teams, uh, the best team in the world right now. And yeah, again, I don't know what happens there because they need more in the midfield. They need more at the back line now that Thiago Silva is going to leave. And there's so much improvement that's needed in that team for it to compete in all areas of the game. Don't you think? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. Uh, I think there's some. I think if they're going to stick with Neymar, Mbappe and Di Maria as a front three for next season, that's uh, that's good. That's not that's not so bad. That's not too shabby. I think it's just replace Thiago Silva at the back and add some quality in midfield. Like in the league, in the league that it's kind of a nothing league for them. Uh, like there's no real competitions. So it's all just about the Champions League, and they just got to build a side for that. I think if you add someone of world class quality to that midfield and then add a general at the back to replace Thiago Silva, I think they're pretty much set to have another good run. Like if you've got Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria up front and they're firing on all cylinders, like Neymar did miss a lot of chances. It was a very grindy performance from PSG to get to the finals. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was playing without fans and it just being a bit weird for the players. And so they, he never quite clicked without it. Because yeah. he is a bit of a, he's a bit of a shit house of a player. He likes to wind people up, and Definitely. there's tens of thousands less people to wind up. Uh, but I think the the midfield there having kind of Ander Herrera is a good. Marquinhos is good. Yeah, Marquinhos, Marquinhos is, very is good. good. Verratti is great. It's that third one, and I don't think Ander Herrera is that answer. He's got a great engine. He runs all the time. He's a bit of a prick on the pitch. He'll do, he'll commit unnecessary fouls. He'll get in players' faces, but he doesn't have that touch of class. Mm-hmm. And so they need that. I think if you're looking short term, look at the players Barcelona are, are about to to throw out. Like if you yeah. want to look short term just for a run for next season, uh, then look at some of those. Look at Rakitic. Look at uh, Vidal maybe. Look at some of those players that can give you more. I don't think they're far away. I think if they replace Thiago Silva and get a midfielder uh, this summer, potentially we could be looking at them going that one step further next season if if everything goes right for them. Yeah, I think when it comes to the, their midfielders, both of them are quite defensive-minded when you have Verratti and Marquinhos. So maybe someone who can run the game. I think you mentioned Isco. And then yeah. you have someone like Dybala, who who would be a great option in the long run, and maybe a centre back that they can get, and they, and that would be quite essential to them building that side. Yeah, and yeah, 100%. I, I think yeah. I don't think they're far away. There, I think they're they're yeah. two players away from True. giving it another proper go. True. So yeah, that was PSG. Congratulations on being the runners up because they were the second best team in Europe this season. 
behind the champions, Bayern Munich, who, again, were incredible, just absolutely incredible, because they did not lose a single game, the first team in Champions League history to win all games. And, again, they've scored 43 goals this Champions League season with Lewandowski scoring 15 and notching five assists, if I'm not wrong. And which is just one away from being like just like the top assist getter as well. And just, yeah, incredible season for Bayern. But after what happened with Flick, not Flick, sorry, Kovac, who was, I think, as I mentioned in my article that you can find on the conventionalline.com, I have written disaster averted. And what I meant by disaster in that sense was the fact that so many players in Bayern wanted to leave because the team was being fiddled around with constantly and players were not being shown trust. The team felt just a group of individuals playing. And since they're so good individually, they were able to make it so far into the competition. And even in the league, they, they were in the league, Bayern had reached seventh at one point. And I think that change was necessary. Flick comes in. He shows faith in the players. He shows faith in Muller, which is so crucial to the team. He plays Kimmich at CDM, which is crucial. Uh, again, with the injuries at the back line, we had Luca Hernandez get injured. We had uh, Sula get injured, which made Alaba play in the middle as a general with Alphonse Davies, who's been such a revelation playing uh, as a left back. And again, Boateng, who was so shaky, finally finding some consistency in this season, which was incredible to watch. Then Pava on the right, who was again inconsistent at times, but finally started to get good performance under his belt. Neuer, incredible. Kimmich and Thiago, or Kimmich with Goretzka, just an incredible pairing there who were able to hold the game off, allowing the team to press forward high and create chances. You have Muller running the game, just creating chances all the time, beautifully, getting 21 assists in the league. Then you had Koma, who was, whenever he was injured, Perisic came in. Both of them did really well. I do have a problem with Koma's decision-making, but guess what? He scored the goal in the finals to win the game for us. He was, up, he was totally up for it against PSG. Gnabry, incredible again. Lewandowski, unarguably the best player in the world right now for this season, with being the top goal scorer in all three competitions. And this Bayern team, under Flick, just grew leaps and bounds. After those two initial losses they under Flick, they just, in the league, they just went from strength to strength and just kept winning and winning, and they just destroyed everyone in their way. They destroyed Chelsea, 7-1 on aggregate, 8-2 Barcelona, 3-0 Lyon. And the finals was, again, you don't expect, again, this game, everyone thought would guarantee goals. Even I thought that. But then again, it's a finals where both teams will be quite quite scrappy and cagey coming into it. And that showed. Bayern took their chances, scored. Uh, The defense was, I'd say one of the blessings in disguise for the game was uh, Boateng getting injured because Sula was way more adept for that role. He was not getting caught out as much as Boateng against going up against Neymar and Mbappe. And yeah, the finals was a tough game. And the one goal that Bayern got 
and along with their experience uh, at the back, Neuer was incredible. And all those things combined to lead Bayern to their second treble uh, of the decade. And what an incredible season for Bayern. Uh, yeah, it was a great season for, for Bayern. They were just playing free-flowing football and they managed to grind it out a bit in the final when they needed to. Yeah, because uh, the game was scrappy. It was very, it was low on kind of that touch of class that some of those players we know they have, but it just wasn't. It wasn't there in the final for a lot of reasons. They took the one chance that they needed to take, and and held on. So a good, great season for them. It turned it around from a bit of a slow, a bit of a slow start, but then turned it around to kind of show their quality not just in the Bundesliga but in Europe. Uh, as well so added Sané already this summer mm. uh, I think if Thiago leaves might want to look at getting a replacement for him uh, if there's anyone about for I don't know how much money Bayern have obviously at the moment but they could maybe look to add add that and try and keep this team together for one for one more season I know uh, Boateng is kind of getting getting on a little bit Neuer uh, looks like he can keep playing for another three, three or four seasons easily. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lewandowski as well is scoring more goals than he ever has. So uh, keep this team together and then try and retain it next season. I think Real Madrid are the only side to have ever done that. Yeah. So there's no reason why this buying side can't can't go for a second one next season, uh, especially with Sané there. Can you imagine back-to-back trebles? Well. That'd be incredible. Yeah, I mean, look, you're gonna win the league and the cup, so, yeah. so that's that's, that's, a, that's a given. So yeah, it could be back to back trebles because the other two are just gonna happen. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic for next season. The team has been playing really well. Flick has made his place known in the team. Everyone wants to play for him. Players like Muller finally feel like they have a place in the team, which is incredible to see. He actually said no to, apparently he said no to Kai Havertz because he had faith in Muller and said that Muller will stick on. And that's no, why Bayern... just weren't going to pay $100 million for it. No, I mean, that's one of the reasons. But when he when he was asked by the board, that is, is he someone that you're looking for? He's like, no, we don't need Havertz because we have Muller. So, so you weren't going to pay $100 million for him. So you weren't going to pay for him. It'd be like me walking into a Tesla showroom. <laughs> And being like, well, I've had a conversation, and I don't need this a hundred grand car. <laughs> no, but no, but you weren't going to buy him anyway. <laughs> no, but if you have another Tesla at home, then of course you don't need it. No, I mean, you weren't going to buy him, so you can't give him credit for saying no. To him. <laughs> <laughs> I can, and I will. I love Hansi Flick. Oh, uh, but yeah, incredible season for Bayern, and quite a fun season of football in in the Champions League front. Some teams were clearly exposed for clear deficiencies. Some clubs totally broke down. Some clubs, again, showed potential and now can potentially rise up and make their place known consistently on the in the European front. Again, uh, one more point. Sevilla won the Europa League. Congratulations to them for the fourth time this decade. They're just so good at winning uh, that competition. They've just figured it out. So congratulations to Sevilla. Yeah, they they own the Europa League. Is, yeah. uh, they know how to play in Europe and they know how to win it. Hopefully they can step up and do a bit more in the Champions League than they usually do uh, because they do seem to 
struggle when it's that step up. Like they conquered the Europa League, they know how to win it. But any time they step up into the Champions League, it doesn't necessarily go that way for them. So uh, hopefully they can they can kind of step step up and give that a go next season. Maybe they could be the surprise package. There seems to always be one at the minute. I'm going to predict that they're going to go back to Europa League because that's what they like. This is going to get third place again. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they are rubbish at group stages. <laughs> but again, good season of football. Congratulations to Bayern Munich. And I think that should be all. What, what, what do you think about the entire season, Nathan? Uh, I can't remember 80% of it because it was so long ago. Well, that's a great takeaway from Nathan Greenaway. But yeah, uh, Bayern did really well. Barcelona oh. shambolic. Yeah. I think those are the two main takeaways from that. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, I think that was a good discussion on the entire Champions League season of 2019-2020. Uh, Nathan, go on with your plugs. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at Nathan Greenway on Twitter. You can find uh, my podcasts uh, over at Rogue Opinions. It's at Rogue underscore opinion and hopefully i'm sure i'll be back on here at some point you definitely will be i have no one else um but yeah one more thing we i did record a podcast with uh reese and carl for rogue opinions where we talked about the bet that was made where reese will now have to do something uh because Bayern won the champions league so if you want to check what he has to do uh tune into the podcast that should be out soon uh, that we recorded the Banter Munich podcast. It was really fun. And yeah, I think that should be all. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at TC9Podcast. You can check listen to us on Spotify, iTunes. iTunes will be soon, I think. And yeah, you can check us check our website out, which is theconventional9.com, where you'll find the podcast, the articles, and so much more coming soon. So yeah, that was a fun discussion. Thank you, Nathan, for joining me. That's all right. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in, uh, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.